welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch your favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Gary Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched The Sweetest Thing, which came out in 2002. That's right. Keep going. What else do you know? Um, it was written by Nancy Pimentel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you say your last name. And directed by Ro- Roger Kimble, Cumble. Um, it stars Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate and Selma Blair and Jason Bateman and Thomas Jane and Parker Posey in a too brief appearance. Um, it has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm so proud you did all the work. I didn't do any work. Do you even need me? I'll just leave. (laughs) I didn't know. Listen, I didn't do any work. I've seen this movie so many times. I had the writer and director memorized and I saw the 26% when I like rented it on Apple or whatever today. Fine. So you still need me. So. 26% is not the lowest we've encountered. I don't believe. It's not. But it is up there. It is. So here's my thoughts on that 26%. Keeping in mind that this movie, I ride hard for this movie because. Yeah, we're going to have to ask, like, Carrie, why is the importance of this movie? I, like, my girlfriends and I in high school, and like one girlfriend in particular and I, like, just became obsessed with this movie. Um, I forgot how many of the things we still say to this day come from this movie. And we watch, yes. We watch. There are it things so I say much. in certain inflections because of this movie. Yes. Like we we knew this movie backwards and forwards. I cleaned my room while watching this movie today because 10 minutes in, I was like, I know this movie beat for beat. Um so here's what I think about that 26%. I think it's sexism. I think that this movie is not without its problems filmmaking wise. Like it's not a perfectly a problem. No, there's nothing terribly problem. I don't mean like it has its problems problematically. I mean, like it has its problems in that it's not a flawless movie. It's, you know, it's got issues in its storytelling but I read an article was, or hold on. This was pre-bridesmaids, pre-girls trip. This was women being raunchy. 15 or so years before that became in vogue. This movie came out nine years before Bridesmaids. Okay. Um, but yes. I, I think it was ahead of stance. its time. I think. This was a broke, a kind of classic bro comedy, but with the roles reversed. And people didn't get it and weren't like men in particular, like just were like, eh. Uh, we've talked about this mostly with Practical Magic, that like particularly 20 years ago, because this movie is 20 years old, like movie reviewing is male dominated so i think your point is absolutely correct i will say like and i read a art like i read something yesterday as i was doing research that was like this movie was a precursor to bridesmaids and girl strip and i think that's very true 
Um, I do think that Bridesmaids and Girls Trips, Girls Trip are better movies if you talk about them from a filmmaking standpoint, I think. Yes. I think Bridesmaids and Girls Trips, why do I keep calling like multiple trips? They only go one place. Bridesmaids and Girls Trip have better emotional stakes and earn their emotional turns better than this movie does. That being said, I think you're right. I don't know that you have those movies without this one. And I do think this movie came. It's also like this movie is raunch. Maybe not girls. I guess like in girls trip, there's a whole scene where she's giving a blowjob to a banana, but like this movie like shocked me how raunchy it was. Not because I am a prude, but because like this movie came out when I was 13. So I was watching the oldest I was when I watched this for the first time was 14 years old, which like somebody should have been checking on that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mom. Cause that was somebody probably my dad. Needed. But also like, it's funny to watch now. And after I do this, you're going to tell us the synopsis of this movie. It's funny to watch now because I remember watching it when I was 14, 15 years old and thinking like, God, I can't wait to be grown up. Like I can't wait to live in an apartment in a city with my friends and blah, 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 blah. And to now watch it on the other side of your 20s. This movie is very your 20s. To watch it on the other side of that, when I know, like it made me very nostalgic for, for my 20s Chicago apartment where... I lived with my best friend from college and our, like our friend, our house was the crash pad and we would go out two, three nights on the weekends, like seeing three women in their twenties live together was like a very nostalgic thing in a way that like, when I watched this movie the first time, I thought like, they're so grown up. They're so together. Mm -hmm. I remember like the scene where Christina Applegate shakes her like, um, tricep skin. Um, I remember being like, God, I can't wait until like my skin starts to sag because it means I'm a grown up. And now I'm like, oh, girl, take it back. Like, yeah, back to being tight. Anyway, this movie is also I mean, I think the interesting thing about watching this movie at this point in my life is this is a movie about that transition between your 20s and your 30s. Um, And so I, I agree, like watching it on this side of my 20s as opposed to like I was obsessed with this movie in high school and I had very much the same feelings about it that you did and then to sort of like watch these women who are nearing the end of their 20s and figuring out like oh I want different things than I did when I was 22 um is really interesting Cameron Diaz has that moment at the end and again you will have to give the synopsis of this okay wait so let's time out really quick so the synopsis of this movie is that Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, and Selma Blair are best friends. Um, Cameron Diaz and Selma, or not Selma, but Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate don't really do serious relationships. They don't do commitment. They are kind of bouncing from guy to guy. They're just looking to have fun. Um, and then Cameron Diaz meets a guy in a club That they've gone to because Selma Blair has gotten dumped. Correct. And, um, you know, hits it off. There's a spark or whatever. And she goes on a, a, a journey to try and track him down with 
Christine Applegate. Um, she thinks his brother, Jason Bateman, is getting married that weekend, to be fair, because that's what she's been told. So why wouldn't she think that? Mm-hmm. Um, also, obviously, spoilers to come. Um, they decide to go. He's getting married in like a small Northern California town. They live in San Francisco. They decide to drive to the town and find the wedding because it can't be that hard. It's such a small town. And then it's uh, Thomas Jane's wedding, not Jason Bateman's wedding. And so they leave. Yes. And then there's a moment at the end where she's all sad at the way this has turned out. Where she basically like admits to Christina Applegate that she's essentially like tired of being stop, please. That she's tired of being single. She's tired of the dating around. She's ready to settle down in a more serious relationship. And it is an interesting thing to watch in your 30s when you've gone. Like, it's just, I had not watched this movie since I was probably 18 or 19. Like, it's just, it's like you watched, it's like you watched this thing that you were so excited about. And then you went through that part of your life. And now you're watching it again. It's just a very weird way to watch this movie to be like, oh, yeah, I also had that meltdown where I was like, I'm tired of hooking up with randos in bar bathroom, which mom is never, ever something I did. Um, it's it was it's just I think it's a testament to how well this movie captures that period of your life. Um, and yeah. also if and you I think- are as lucky as you and I did to have very good twenties where we lived with our best friends and and we never like went on a road trip to track someone down at their wedding, but where we had these relationships with our friends and our roommates in our twenties, and now are you are married and living with your husband and children and I am a 33 year old woman like living on my own and it's just it's it it makes me like proud that I had that time and it makes me a little sad that it's over but it's also like Mm -hmm. I don't know it's an interesting way to watch a movie when the last time I saw it that type of life was only a dream and now it's like oh I did it Mm -hmm. I also think that so and we'll get into like what's what doesn't work about this movie although for me there's not much quite honestly i have a lot Um, of things to say about christina applegate's eyebrows oh my god the eyebrows and they're they're they get thinner and thinner and thinner everything gets thinner the pants are so low the fact that we never saw cameron diaz's butt crack is movie magic here's what i'll say Um, about this movie we're not taking back those eyebrows we're not taking back those low-rise pants and we are not for the life of me taking back heroin chic i'm not doing it all of that was represented in this movie and all of it can die with this movie. I'm yes. going to have thick eyebrows, a thick ass, and high ass jeans. Um, I think the thing that works best about this movie is the three main women and their relationship and the chemistry between the three of them. It is clear that these three women had a blast making this movie. They got along well. Or at least were acting well. They they didn't. They pretended it well. Yes. I mean, they felt like these women were friends. Like they knew each other intimately. They, I think also the script for all the crazy shit that happens in this movie and the script goes completely bonkers. What, what really grounds it or what in the moments that feel the most grounded are, is the dialogue between these three. Nancy I have no doubt that Nancy Pimentel has like really consistent female friendships in her life because they talk to each other in a way that felt very real. 
this movie is actually about her friend. Like it is, it is yes. the story of her trying to track down Thomas Jane and ultimately end up with Thomas Jane. But like the co- amount of conversation, most of the 90% of the conversations happening is happening either between the women or between Thomas Jane and Jason Bateman. Like Cameron Diaz and Thomas Jane's interaction is very short. Now it's also believed for a, re- for a movie about like a, a love story love story that takes place over a handful of days they do it in a believable way we don't leave there's not like a declaration of love at the end of it there's Mm -hmm. a declaration of like i want to date you and then we jump ahead and realize they've got married but like so i like the believability of it and they have good chemistry and it is it's a believable story of meeting someone in a bar but like the relationships we're tracking here are cameron diaz and christina applegate and then also a little bit them and selma blair there's not enough Summer Blair in this movie. Also, I watched somehow I ended up on the trailer for this movie today. Me too. I did last and night. It's not selling this movie. First of all, it's not selling this movie. Second of all, there's so I don't know if maybe Selma No, Cameron Diaz would have been the biggest name at this point. But yeah, she the mask. She is Selma Blair is in the trailer more than she's in this movie. Like, she has a ton of shit in the trailer that clearly didn't make it and is on the the cutting room floor. And it's funny. And in the moments when they let Selma Blair be funny, she is very funny. But it's clear that there was more of that that got cut. And that's disappointing. I also need to talk about the trailer because I, like, I, like, turned it on last night and, like, the trailer started playing before I hit play. And it's it's pretending to me a movie about like unlucky in love Cameron Diaz who can't find the right guy decides to go on a crazy journey after this man. And it's like, no, this story is about a woman who like likes her life and doesn't want to settle down and has all these guys after her that she's rejecting because she has commitment and intimacy issues yeah. that she's then working through. I was like, this it was just like an early aughts, like, well, we got to tell the story of an unlucky in love hottie who just can't find a man to love her. Like, the point of this movie is there are tons of guys that want to date her, and she's treating them callously. She's The way them. men treat the, like, male... Rom- this is the story, this is the classic story of the male rom-com protagonist who dates a lot of women... And then, like, finds the one girl that makes him settle down, except for yes. with Cameron Diaz. Yes, this is the trope of, like, playboy to hopeless romantic guy, but we've gender swapped it. Um, And it makes for an, I mean, I like the gender swap of it all. Um, But yes, no, the trailer was confused about the identity of this movie. I don't think it was confused. I think it knew what it was trying to sell. Like, sure. I think trailers, the job of a trailer is to sell a movie. It's like when August Osage County came out. And if you watch the trailer to August Osage County, you think it's like a Family Stone-esque Christmas drama. And I, I was like, I feel bad for people going to think they're going to watch like a family drama, like a quirky, like a quirky Christmas family drama where they're going to get slapped with abuse and incest. Like, it's just not fair. We need to tell people what movie they're going to see. Actually, that recently came up. My in-laws, my father-in-law was like, we just watched the worst movie I've ever seen. And I was like, what was it? And he was like, August Osage County. And I was like, see, that's because you went in with very different expectations. you thought you were going to go see The Family Stone and then mm-hmm. someone's having sex with their cousin. Like, you mm-hmm. gotta know what you're getting into when you start August yeah. Osage County. I will say, not a great adaptation. 
Yeah. Particularly for, like, the boomers, I feel like. You can't spring that shit on them. Yeah, it was Patrick's Patrick's dislike of that movie that it didn't uh, capture the beauty of the play? Or was it that there was, like, incest and Meryl Streep abusing the ever-loving shit out of Julia Roberts? I think it was... No, I don't even think they knew it was a, had been a play. I think they just went in expecting, like, Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep to be in this, like, fun family farce. And instead it's, like... That's because the trailer makes it look like they're going to have, like, fun mother-daughter banter and not that Meryl Streep is deeply abusive. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Right. You're not quite led that far astray in this trailer, but, like, it's not great. It's not the um, movie you're going to see. You don't leave that trailer being like, I'm going to go see a movie where a woman's going to get poked in the eye with a penis and they're going to sing a song about how you have to tell men that their dicks are too big to fit inside of you. Which also, ladies, no, you don't. You can be honest about their penis size. Men know what size their penis is. Yeah. This men are aware. This movie is deeply raunchy. There's the scene where they have a full-ass choreographed musical number about they're called You're Too Big to Fit in Here. It's exactly about what you think it's about. There's the scene where Selma Blair has to take a dress into the dry cleaners because there's cum on it. And then the um, dry cleaner is trying to get her to tell him what the stain is. And like a school, a bunch of school children and a priest all come in while she's having this conversation. Also, side note, is cum that hard to get out of things? Like, throw it in the wash. You're fine. Yeah, I don't mean. Yeah, no. It doesn't need special stain treating. You just, (laughs) regular detergent does the trick, ladies. Although recently, so. Yeah, tell, what story do you have to tell based on It's not actually about a a cum stain, but mom borrowed like a pair of leggings for me and there's, there is like, there's a stain on there and she got like, no, it's super glue because I got super glue on the pants and super glue unlike semen is very hard to get out and so it's just sat there and it's like like a part in the pants that's like hard now and mom like was like horrified and she was like oh my god what is this and I was like it looked like jizz it's it's super glue she was like "Mm -hmm, sure and I was like but that what what do you think I'm giving you to wear on that part of your leggings like what are you guys (laughs) doing I don't know I don't know but she was like horrified that I would give these leggings to her and I was like lady relax it's glue to be fair if I were mom or myself I also wouldn't want to wear a pair of your leggings with your husband's (laughs) just no of course not but like if I first of all just doesn't stain like that but even if it did I wouldn't then give you the pants to wear right exactly maybe she thought they were unwashed maybe i don't know but she was horrified anyway um yes then there's the glory hole scene um where they're in a men's bathroom and she looks in a picture of a dog with its mouth open and it's gonna be a glory hole i say that now like it's obvious when i watched this at 15 i was like that is a cute dog what is behind that hole Yeah. And then I think after it happened, I was like, I still don't get it because I didn't know what a penis looked like. So I didn't know what the thing Javiner was because I was 14. So I don't know what the head of a penis looked like. So I was like, Carrie, explain it to me. And I think you didn't know either. So you half did. And we just were in confusion until adults. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, and then there's the scene where Selma Blair gets stuck, gets her mouth stuck on a guy's penis. This scene I love because you have, it's so ridiculous. This movie is so fucking absurd. You have like 
cops, but they don't actually look like real cops. They look like they look like, like YMCA cops. Not YMCA village people cops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have like women dressed in like Halloween costume look costume looking nurses outfits. There's like nuns and everyone is there trying to get her off. And then at one point say like the OR is prepped for surgery. We have to get them in. Like what are they gonna As do? They're like, either gonna cut have to this cut man's... her tonsils or his dick. I was like, what are you cutting in this situation? Like, what's the surgery that's gonna happen? And Cameron Diaz out of all these people is like, I know exactly what you do in this situation. We just sing and that'll relax her vocal cords, which PS is a science that as a 14-year-old, I was like, stands to reason. And to even today, I was like, makes sense. Um, so they all sing a rousing chorus of Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing and Selma Blair is freed from her boyfriend's dick piercing. Yeah. And I can't stress enough, I was watching this at 14. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, there are so I many parts I barely had my movie. period and I was like, interesting. <laughs> interesting. There are so many parts of this movie that make absolutely no sense. And much like my thoughts on Mamma Mia and Here We Go Again, I don't care. Like what? What doesn't make sense to you, Carrie? The script is solid and logical. I mean, I have never broken out in song in a public restaurant about dicks. To only then have everyone join in. Join in. Right. And do a choreographed dance about it. Yeah, but that's just absurdism. It's just the Um, world this movie is living in. Right. Yes. I mean, the like the. Thing I've also never like, been late to a wedding yet had time to do a movie montage, with hair and makeup changes. Yes. Yeah. This movie ha- like it's like you every now and then get like pulled out of the movie and we're just going to do something completely ridiculous. I don't care. It's great fun. I love it. I love it. It's great fun. I also just think like, I mean, we talked about how like Selma Blair doesn't get enough to do but like christina applegate cameron diaz but particularly christina applegate are so fucking funny it it's absurd some of christina applegate's line readings are so good that like you said like i still say those things with her exact inflection she's so naturally funny mm-hmm. she also has there were a couple and she said and i was like oh she sounds like jennifer aniston there's a reason we cast her as her sister they sound yeah. like like they have a similar energy they have a similar like comedic skill there was just a couple things she said or i was like oh it's it's she's she like she and jennifer aniston are very similar actors yeah here we made them sisters there's also just some really like subtle like yes there's big absurd broad comedy raunchy comedy happening but there's also some like subtle stuff that's happening that I had never necessarily even caught before even though I've seen this movie a hundred million times like so the night after Cameron Diaz or the day after Cameron Diaz has met Thomas Jane there they go out to lunch and Cameron Diaz is like obsessing about this guy and Christina Applegate's calling her on her shit. And she's like, okay, so let's recap. And she's like going through like all the ways in which Christina Apple or Cameron Diaz has like shown that she likes this guy. And she says like, you spilled a beer on him and it's a blink and you miss it moment. So she's like listing all these things. And she's like, then we spilled our beer on him. And Cameron Diaz under her breath goes, it wasn't beer. Which is true. It wasn't beer. But also it's just one of those moments of like, 
I'm not going to like disagree with you on the bigger things. So I'm just going to point out how you're wrong about like the minute details because technically I can't... true versus meaningfully true. <laughs> yes. Because I can't fight you on the fact that I'm obsessing about this guy. So I'm going to fight you on the fact that I didn't spill a beer on him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then they break down in song about, oh, because it was then. Selma Blair comes back and she said sex with the the stranger and they're like well you had to make sure you tell him his dick is giant and then they say yeah but it's I mean I think the thing that I love about this movie is that like they move seamlessly so like they're at lunch and they're like how was it you know with this guy and she's like you know a transition guy was just what I needed and they were like how was he and he's you know she says he's very sweet and complimentary and very into pleasing me first and and so it's like this very like real natural conversation between girls like the night after girlfriends the night after they've gone out and one of them's hooked up with rando and then we like transition into this musical number about dicks and it's like it's almost seamless like there's this incredibly real grounded conversation and then there's this complete absurdity and that juxtaposition is really fun I was listening too deeply to you. That's all right. I mean, I'm really smart. Remember when Christina Applegate and Jonathan Sketch were married? I do. <laughs> because he I showed babysat up for this... him like one time. Because he showed up in this movie and I was like, oh my God, they were married. That's why yeah, he's he in plays this the movie. guy she hooks up with because he was in this movie. Maybe you want to watch that thing you do. Is that a rom com? No, but neither is anything else we watch. So. <laughs> That's not true. This is kind this is a rom com. So this I is mean... fully a rom com. Um, the point of the movie is will she get together with this guy yeah um maybe that's why like one of the strengths of bridesmaids and girls trip is this they're like yeah that part can fall away we're just gonna focus on the ladies you know who else is so funny which i again like i feel like our our epiphanies over the last couple of episodes have been like meryl streep's a good actor Cher can sing and (laughs) Christina Applegate and Jason Bateman are funny. Like Jason Bateman is so funny in this movie. He's just a disgusting human being, but he's, he's a very human funny. Being. Yeah. Trash. Uh, good at it. Jason Bateman is funny. That character is disgusting. I do like that this movie is calling out that wow chips caused anal leakage because yes, those were like I remember eating those chips while watching this movie because mom yes. loved a bag of wow chips. This movie was ahead of its time on the Alestra diet culture bullshit. Let me just tell you. This movie was calling out Alestra. Um, no, Jason Bateman is gross. Oh, I know what I was going to say, and it is smart. Um, this movie is very female pleasure centered. Like you mm-hmm. made the joke about, or you said that there is the moment where Selma Blair, in describing her hookup, says like very into pleasing me first, which also like no hookup in my 20s did it come out from it and i was like he was so into pleasing me like wh- where is she finding this man this, <laughs> what 20 like, year old guy is she be like he was very generous he was a generous lover like couldn't i love anyone it. i found in my 20s but good for you selma blair i um, love it later also, she's like she's like he's so hot like great in bed so stupid <laughs> listen so, ladies you can't have all three you can't that's not what his point was his point was just to get her over the other guy right um, but also there's like a whole scene where Cameron Diaz has a sex dream about Thomas Jane where he's just eating her out the whole time and he says he wants to do it to her on the hour every hour and she never has to return the favor. Like that sort of that whole like scene of a joke, I bet was one of those things that male reviewers 
I mean, I'm, I, it's not that hard to get. I'm sure they got it, but I also understand why they didn't think it was funny. Like, right. Like it's very funny as a woman to watch. Like, yeah, it is the literal sex fantasy to have a guy be like, I will eat you out whenever you want. And please don't ever return the favor. In fact, I don't want you to, we don't like it. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It's why women funny. and men it's didn't why, like that joke. It's why women love consuming like stuff that is men written by women because women write men fantastically well and that scene is also like obviously ridiculous like that that is also writing a man the way women are written in movies which is like their entire purpose is to please the man like that is not a good representation of a man either but it's not supposed to be it's her literal sex fantasy like right like the joke is he's like someone started a horrible rumor that said we liked uh having our dick sucked and someone needs to put a stop to this horrible horrible rumor like the funny in it is that it's not true it's just like wouldn't that be nice <laughs> ladies and, am I right and again I think like how often particularly at this time were we getting these sort of like broad comedies that focused on like female driven sex fantasies you know what I mean yeah. like you know we since the beginning of filmmaking we've had movies focused on male sex fantasies you know like that's what leia in the gold bikini is but not as often do we have like iconic moments of female or like heterosexually female female gays movies or sex fantasies when they do happen, like there's a good number of examples of movies where women are receiving sexual pleasure and they're deemed too, they're like rated NC-17. Like what was mm-hmm. that Michelle Williams, Ryan Gosling movie where he uh, eats her out and, and like they had to fight for that not to be rated NC-17 because the scene's point is like he's giving her pleasure she wants. Like... Or even like, and I haven't seen Don't Worry Darling. And I know that like, this is controversial and also like maybe doesn't make sense in the world of the movie. I have to watch. But like the whole idea that like part of the movie is like Florence Pugh being sexually pleased by Harry Styles is like somehow controversial. Like Mm -hmm. that movie came out this year. Yeah. Also, I read the synopsis. I know that I know the twist. Oh, so do I. They they gave it away on Who Weekly and I wanted to know. Which is why, like, skip ahead if you don't want to know. Which is why, like, that maybe doesn't make sense in the world. Right. Of the movie. Like, why would, like, why would this world that men have created to make, like, gamer men created, like, the hot perfect woman, like, why would she be getting eaten? Like, that doesn't make sense. Female pleasure wouldn't be the center of it. But I gotta watch. I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it now. Um, anyway. Yeah, like this movie is talking about women liking, enjoying sex and and for their own pleasure, like not Mm -hmm. for the benefit of men Mm -hmm. in 2002. So while this was a deeply inappropriate movie, like sex and glory hole wise for us to be watching at the age we were watching it, maybe it gave us some good lessons about like Mm -hmm. demanding what we wanted. Now, did I do that in my 20s? No, I still learned the hard way. Right, (laughs) right. Oh, um, that even in my 20s I was like eh, I've seen the sweetest thing a lot but I'll still do whatever you want me to do because I don't want you to be mad at me gosh 
Everything's fine. You could completely change the way we teach sex ed. Let me tell you. Um, two things that don't hold up. One real thing and then two fake things that don't hold up. I have a list of fake things. I mean, like, real, but not, like, problematic. Go. The one there's, I think, like, the one scene where I was like, we, I wish we didn't wouldn't do that now is, and again, like, he's supposed to be a trash human being. So again, it's like the perspective of the person versus the perspective of the movie. But Jason Bateman has like a very brief monologue about Costa Rican women and like essentially how you can pay them for sex. And it's icky. And the movie, when it was released in Costa Rica, cut out that piece. And I was like, if you have to cut out a scene to release it in a different country, that should tell you that it shouldn't be in your movie at all. Then we don't need it in other countries. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Non-problematic things that don't hold up. Um, AOL movie phone. First thing on my list just says, AOL. welcome to AOL movie phone. <laughs> not a thing. It's not um, how we learn the movie times anymore. We just Google. Cameron Diaz has a Nordic track in her bedroom. <laughs> no, nobody has a Nordic track anymore. Our parents did, but don't Our exist anymore. Might still. Now and now it would be a Peloton. She'd have a Peloton in her bedroom. Oh, she would be a Peloton girly. Um, and then also the things we the 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 eyebrows and the pants. She mm. calls information to find the hotel. She oh, she does. It's true. You're right. She has a landline. They call, call Selma Blair's work landline. And it's like, there's like a giant speakerphone button her boss pushes so they can hear her. <laughs> we also see Cameron Diaz like make calls from her landline. Like she has a landline in her apartment. Oh yeah, at one point she like, before she has a meltdown, she like puts a cookie on a plate and has her like uh, cordless phone. Mm-hmm. And at, later when she's crying, she was like, I just wanted to eat my cookie and make my phone calls. And I was like, who's like, oh, I have to sit down and make my phone calls now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to make it when I leave the house. <laughs> if someone calls me on the phone, I throw it <laughs> right the um, other day the other day I said to Ben I was like I, he was like going to get his dad from the hotel and I was waiting in the brunch line and I was like I'll text you if the wait's really long and he's like I'm driving I'm not gonna look at my text and I was like okay 2002 I guess I'll call you like what, <laughs> it? what else do you have to say about this movie also what's your computer at my computer's fine my computer's 63 percent guys I have a job now um, left my phone charger at work or my computer charger at work. So this has been a fun little game of Russian roulette. Let's see. Comes not that hard to get out. That's a no one <laughs> I don't feel like I've ever asked for, like, you talk to your girlfriends about sex they had. I don't think I've ever been like, describe his girth in detail. That's a movie myth. That's not true. You, you ask, have asked me that question. I would not. I don't want to know what your husband's dick girths when or after. Well, he wasn't my husband at the time. He was like a guy I was kind of seeing. OMG, Ben Folds. Wait, what? I was he in this? Like, no, the uh, caring, not caring, Kathy. One of the songs plays when Christina Applegate is waking up. Cameron Diaz. Oh, sure. I was like, did I miss Ben Folds in this movie? No, he just, one of his songs is, but it brought me right back to that time. Sure, like my, sure. This time in my life, I was listening to Ben Folds and watching this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, the, they did the thing in, that people only do in movies and never in real life where a song comes on and they go, spring break, 95. <laughs> like, 
No one announces what year they went to spring break when they heard a song. <laughs> no, but I also had to do the math where I was like, are these women old enough to have been in college in 1994? And yes, is the they answer. Were supposed, they were supposed to be 28. They right? were supposed to be 28 in 2002, which would have meant they were like 20 in 1994. One of my new coworkers is 23. So she was born in 1999? He's a man, but yes. That time. Wild. Oh. <laughs> wild he, this is his second job he's very sweet and seems very competent the fact that somebody born in 1999 could be on their second job and as opposed to like in elementary school is insane to me Mary, Mary Claire O'Neill came to your son's third birthday with a bottle of champagne she I, can't be carting around champagne she's 12 she's not she's 22 Almost no, I, this is what I'm saying wild Wild. Wild. Uh, no, that's everything I have to say about this movie. It's incredibly dirty and does hold up. And I appreciate it for teaching me so much about sex. Do you remember at our cousin Anne's wedding when we did the whole, hey, look, it's Jesus, it's Jesus bit in the back of the church? We yes. were, we were raised it's so funny. Uh, oh, Parker Posey. Oh, Parker American Posey's national, in this. She's very national funny. Treasure. Yeah. Am I watching Best in Show to Fall Asleep tonight? It's there's a decent chance, although that's true on almost any. It's kind of absurd, like how many like funny people are in this movie that had like just begun to show us how funny they were. You know what I mean? At this point, you know, yes. Like we didn't know Parker Posey though. We knew how funny Parker Posey was in 2002. Like I feel like people watching like Christopher Guest movies did, but like not beyond that. Oh, um, sure. But I don't know that people beyond that know how funny Parker Posey is now. <laughs> Fair. But I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, they've been, people at Bateman and Christina Applegate and Summer Blair had all been like teen funny, but we hadn't seen them like be like adult funny. Bateman was like truly a child star. I guess Christina Applegate was too. Um, is best in show a rom com? Do we get away with that? No, absolutely not. Also, I here with that shit. going to be able to have anything objective. Does anything not hold up? No, it's literally perfect. What are we watching next? I think it's Christmas time. It is. We're watching Last Christmas. Guys, we ran out of good Christmas movies. Is the problem? that's not true on that note if anyone's a family stone stan please call us we have questions yeah we're that is actually true we're doing family stone in it's a divisive movie people love it or they hate it and we both hate it i don't hate it i actually i I, think i'm the only person who like sits somewhere in the middle on it but we need a love we need a person who loves it the problem is around this time of year what happens is i start to think like maybe I do kind of like it. Like maybe it is kind of a good movie. And then I watch it, hate it. And then 11 months later, I'm like, maybe I do kind of like it. And the cycle starts over. <laughs> okay. But that's not the movie we're doing next. next but maybe I do kind of like it. Next we're doing last Christmas, which I don't think either of us have seen. I have. Oh, okay. I watched I, it. I have not, I but I do know Christmas is ago with mom. Cause we were like, it's going to be a cute Christmas rom-com that neither of us seen. And I was like, I'm not going to tell you how it definitely ends but if you listen to the lyrics of the song last christmas it will because it's the 
what it does one of my favorite things a movie could ever do which is take the lyrics of a song and say man that's a movie yes i i figured it out from the trailer quite honestly from the lyrics Um, last christmas i gave you my heart guys it's gonna be chock full of spoilers yes it'll be spoiler full um I don't have any idea what to expect from this movie, quite honestly. Right now, it's not good. Yeah. Henry Golding is fine, but other than that. Yeah. I don't know that I remember it all that well. I mean, I watched it Christmas 2020. It's not like I was mentally well. Is it more or less offensive than me before you? I never saw me before you, but I don't think... What I understand the I don't think the me before like isn't the plot of me before you having like, well, I'm disabled, I might as well just die. <laughs> like that's not it. No, I don't think well, I don't think it's a fan. I mean, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The plot of the movie is that he dies in some sort of it must be it's like a car accident or something, and then is a heart donor to her. So it's not like it's not like, oh, one of them's disabled and therefore doesn't deserve to live. It's just like, why am I watching this romantic comedy where one of them is comedy, where one of them's dead the whole time? It's just like, what if, it's like someone was like, what if we made six cents of cute rom-com? Like, no one's asking for that, Paul Feig. I'm sorry, this is a Paul Feig movie? I believe so. We'll fact check it, but I'm pretty sure it's a Paul Feig movie. Wild. All right. Well, Emma Thompson's there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to talk about. Join us for last Christmas. Um, our here we go again. Patreon is up. Um, our next Patreon is Ticket to Paradise. I got one. I'm going to see that. Allison, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and at on TikTok at hold up podcast. Bye. You got talks. You got talks coming down the pipe, Carrie? I do. I just got to like do them. Bye. What do you? Bye.